Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partners at Trio. Don't wait. Be ready and connect with Trio. FAFSA applications are now open. The sooner you apply, the higher chances you have of receiving the full grant. The Trio staff at Governor's State University are the perfect people to help. Trio can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. Trio can provide fee waivers for admission applications, assist with the admission application processes, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. Trio provides various avenues for career explorations, as well as resume and interview preparation. Trio can also help you understand and complete your FAFSA application. If you are ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact Trio at 708-235-3352 for more information or visit their website at www.govst.edu forward slash T-R-I-O-E-O-C. On today's episode of the I'm Fine Podcast, we are going to talk about being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional about camaraderie. We're going to discuss what it is, why it's so important in the veteran and civilian world, the health benefits we receive from it, some personal stories and insight as to how camaraderie has helped us, and we're also going to make sure we leave you with some great resources. Welcome to the I'm Fine Podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. So, like we were talking, and then I said, stop, (laughs) because we always say hilarious shit before we start recording and we do i don't think <laughs> every time i'm like i should have been recording earlier i know, I know. so That's you good. you were saying if you wouldn't wouldn't mind picking up from about 10 <laughs> seconds before i said stop so i could start recording all right <clears throat> i yeah. said i don't know if this is just biased but yeah i i said i could easily listen to your voice as much as i can listen to morgan freeman <sighs> that that means a lot because if I could have anyone narrate my my life, <laughs> it would be Morgan Freeman. I think that I think anybody would have Morgan Freeman narrate their life. Or David Attenborough. Is it David or Richard? You know, um the guy who was uh John Hammond, John Hammond, I think, in uh, Jurassic Park, the old guy. Oh was yeah, his idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's like Richard Attenborough. And then his brother's David Attenborough, and he's the fam- he's a famous guy who like narrates all of those like wildlife shows oh, and stuff. Okay. Amazing, super chill voice. You hear that and you're like, man, I just want to listen to whatever the fuck this dude's talking about. You Got know you. what I mean? Yes. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. That was a good one. And I'm I'm blind, dude. So what does that mean? Voices. They pick up on them and I don't know. What? Edit this out, please. I have no idea what I'm blind. <laughs> so I can hear. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> so your voice sounds even better. I appreciate that. You're Thank welcome. you. Yeah. I uh, so I think I told you before too, like I used to speak on the radio all the time when we were overseas when I was a medic because I sat in what's known as the VC spot, so the vehicle commander. So I'd be the front right seat, which yep. means I operated the radio. And I was on the uh, multinational contract with Brits, Kiwis, Aussies, news, um, uh, Americans, and a couple South Africans, some other guys. And we had, it was me on the radio 
and the other medics, because for the other teams were also in the VC spots, um, there was this Scottish dude who had like a fucking like you've seen the movie Brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Like, you know, there's a character in Brave that like so his his accent's so thick you can't fucking understand anything he said. That was this dude. Like the, he was a medic. Couldn't understand anything he was saying. We had a South African dude, super thick accent, couldn't understand he what he was saying. And then we had another medic who was from like the back back roads of Alabama who had such a country accent that you couldn't understand what he was saying. It was so awesome. It was so great. You would hear the radio traffic just like, what the fuck? Who are these guys? Like to hear all these different accents, like terrifying. Anyway, oh, so it's funny. Um, we, we were talking about this. We've talked about this a lot in a lot of other episodes, mm-hmm. like camaraderie uh, and how, Project Headspace and Timing has helped out, how group, all these other groups we're involved with have helped out. We haven't really done an episode just about camaraderie, but when I look at what we're doing as an organization with all of our, um, all of our peer support groups, so we have three of them a week, right? Yeah. Like that's what the biggest thing that it's, that I see it doing is like helping recreate that camaraderie. Dude, you guys like fat is like the poster child for camaraderie. Yeah, it means a lot, dude. I like really for that. like Thank for you. real though. Like just not even like the main groups that you guys have, mm-hmm. but even like the smaller groups that branch off and do their. You know what I'm saying? It's, like it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. When like you see, you know, <clears throat> I I didn't know what to expect when I first started fat, and then now when we have peer support groups and there's veterans that are meeting in those groups that are just hanging out outside of the groups like and you hear about it you're like oh my god that's so awesome yeah like, that's the fucking best stuff right there you know what i mean and, oh, yeah. and so camaraderie and i appreciate you saying those nice things camaraderie is insanely important and it's one of those things that i think a lot of people didn't realize that they missed in service i think it's a lot of, it's one of those things that a lot of people didn't realize that they missed in like high school sports yeah also yep. and shit like that so i think dedicating an episode to talking about it was um was a good idea so I wanted to start by defining it. So according to collinsdictionary.com, and I use this website because I just appreciated their definition the most, uh, camaraderie is a feeling of trust and friendship among a group of people who have usually known each other for a long time or gone through some sort of experience together. So outside of the military and stuff, what I immediately think about is like any... Any movie that I like really like. Yeah. Any movie that I really like usually involves putting a team together with different backgrounds and they don't get along at first. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're like an unstoppable team, whether it's a sports movie, a heist movie, a military movie, like that's what all the a Marvel movie, that's what yeah. all of those movies are. Is you're watching camaraderie build yeah oh yeah and it makes you feel good because it's like fucking that's one thing i think especially now following covid it's like missing it's like lacking in a lot of people um you know being able to have that connection it's super important i think uh how do you think that camaraderie develops among service members during things like training and deployments and and shared experiences and stuff like that i think it's just embracing the suck right you're all in it together you can't go anywhere you're stuck like okay so i was stationed in japan for example the first year and a half i was in the barracks i didn't have my family right with me and dude just like 
wanting to go back to America, but not being able to like afford it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. So yeah. It, yeah. Well, the one thing that you just said too, that I thought was really, uh, important is when you're in the military and this is one thing that <clears throat> it's not to say that you know, camaraderie isn't, um, isn't something that civilians can't understand. Right. Civilians get that too. Absolutely. I, I don't think they have as many opportunities. I think you have that in college a little bit. Yeah. Probably. I wouldn't know, but it seems like it's a similar ish type of experience if you live at college and yeah. all that other stuff. Well, yeah. If you do like the Greek houses and all yes. that stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But it's like, dude, when you're overseas or, and, and again, the way that my service went, you know, I was in the National Guard for the first tour and then State Department DOD for the rest. So I can't speak to what it's like being here, uh, like on stateside, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. On base and shit a lot because I didn't do a lot of that. But, um, I think that I totally lost my train of thought. That's what I think. Yep. <laughs> that happened I know to me. we're talking about camaraderie. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to tie it back to like embracing the suck. Okay. So the thing about when you're deployed yeah. is that you're with everybody all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like, it's not just like your job. So imagine you go to work and you come back from work and all the people you work with are at your house. <laughs> yes. And then like you, when you go to dinner, you, all the people that you work with, you all go to dinner together Yeah. and then you all go back and then you all go to like to the gym together and then you all go to sleep or you all watch a movie together and then you all go to sleep. That's what being deployed is kind of like yeah. for me. We were doing shit with each other 24, seven, 365, man. For like, for that was just over nine months every fucking day. Yeah. That was like that on the garrison side in Okinawa. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, you had the same group of people you worked with. Like sometimes you'd go to other shops, but most of the time, and then you would just go out because you had to have a libo buddy. You had a, I mean, as you army folk call it, a battle buddy. Shut up. God. <laughs> fucking, I knew that was going to come up. I hate that term so much. I, I hate it. It's just the. <laughs> I know. I know. Battle buddies. Ba battle, battle buddies for life. Like I said, that's like the newest, the newest Paw Patrol movie is going to be like Paw Patrol battle buddies. Like that's what that sounds like to me every time it's, it's in, on, in one on one side of your mouth, you're like, you guys are going to war and you're going to kill people. Yep. And on the other side, you're like, and here's your battle, buddy. You're like, fucking my what? Can we just call it something else? Is there something else we can go? That's why I like uh, it's funny. Uh, anytime I'd work with like a or anytime I met an old school uh, like staff sergeant E7, mm. like they'd be they call him like, hey, what's up, battle? They would just call it battle. They would call him battle buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. I know you were using that to fucking I was. Yeah. I, just, I was. Sorry. And yeah. uh, we were talking about um like the garrison side and like being in yeah. Okinawa and you can't you have to go out with the same people and you can't it's it's the exact same thing and it's just constantly And now take what we just said. Yeah. And then add fucking trauma. Because during your experience you know, excuse me, things are going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about combat. Somebody's husband or wife left them. Somebody's, somebody's mom or dad or, or, or grandfather, grandmother died. You know what I mean? Marriages, weddings, like a lot happens mm -hmm. and you all are kind of going through it together. Cause you don't have any other yeah. option. Nope. Like you're just all together with it. And, and like, again, in a combat zone, you, you have that too. You have that shit where you're literally depending on the guy 
or gal to your left and right yeah. to fucking protect you, to save your life and you would save their lives. You go through that and then you still go through all those other things we talked about. Like, yeah, yeah. man, you're going to have a fucking relationship with those people, like a familial yeah. relationship. I think, I think the government does that on purpose. I don't know if they do it on purpose, but I mean, you have to know that it's, I mean, like you mean as, as far as like making guys feel like they're part of a team? No, like just the building camaraderie in the sense that like you learn to like love people you hate. Like I can think of people that I absolutely hated. Oh yeah. Absolutely fucking hated, but I still love them <laughs> in the sense. Yeah. Like I, I still care about them. Yeah. Well, no, I, I have that same feeling with guys where I, and, and I can say the same thing about like football when I was in high school, kind of like there's that guy that you were fucking just kind of beefing with and you don't get along with at all. But at the end of everything, you see that person, you're like, Hey, what's up, dude? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like there's a fucking problem between you guys. He's your anti-battle buddy. <laughs> I was wondering why when I said that you started smiling and you did. Yeah. You put your hand you went like that. That's going to be the new book. battle buddies for life. I can't wait to tell Mike. Like I can't believe I can't believe that's the best they could do. Like, we're going to, we're going to call them battle buddies. Like, battle buddies. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. We need to stop going back to that. I'm sorry. So yes, I just think that, um, you know, it, it's impossible to not have that feeling. Yep. And so now take all of that. And, and maybe before you got in, you, you never had that type of family. Mm -hmm. You don't have those type of relationships. This is your first experience. It's got to feel pretty fucking good, right? To have oh, yeah. a bunch of people that just have your fucking back all the time. And then you're, they're always around. So you always feel safe. Yep. And then you get out. Mm -hmm. Bye. <laughs> yep. Have See fucking fun. Yep. Like what camaraderie are you like? Where do you get that now? <laughs> fucking look for it. I mean. Maybe you look for it, yeah. Or maybe you just sit in your house and you don't want to fucking leave. Turn to a bottle because you don't know where to go. Yep. You don't know what to do, and you just don't feel like you have anybody that you can reach out to that even sort of makes you feel half as safe or understood as those people did when you were fucking overseas. You know what I mean? That's how, what camaraderie is to me. And like I said, there's still plenty of examples on the civilian side. Um, so tribe, the book by Sebastian Younger. Um, in it, he talks about the, the blitzkrieg mm -hmm. and he talks about the people that were caught in the blitzkrieg, you know, just living in the rubble, just waiting for the war to be over and how, when it was all over, they talked about how that was one of the most fondest memories of their life mm -hmm. was when they were getting fucking bombed on the daily, but because of the experience that they had with those people because they were all going through it together. And one of the ladies I'll, I remember she was quoted to say like that we laughed a lot more back then. Like that's powerful to really think about. And when you're going through something like that with other people, like it's one thing to feel sad. It's another thing to feel sad and alone. Like that's the fucking worst Especially because you know that you could reach out and get help. You just don't want to for whatever reason. And there's plenty of people out there that understand. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a lot harder to get in contact with those people when you feel sad and alone when you're back home. When you're overseas, all you have to do is walk outside. Yep. <laughs> you walk out of your fucking room, whatever kind of deal, whatever kind of barrack style you got, your tent, whatever. And there's... A guy right there and a guy right there. Like you can just walk next door 
You know, I just had, I shared a room with a guy and I could just walk over to his side of the room and be like, Hey dude, I am just not, I'm fucking having a hard time right now. Like you get to know each other, like fucking brothers, like family. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you come home and that's gone. So, I mean, I think, I think that that's one of the, it's a huge missing piece. And then you see organizations over time that develop because of it. That absolutely being one, but like the legions, the VFWs, what the fuck are those? Same fucking thing. And like to take it a step further in the civilian world, like what are gangs? Same shit. Gangs are people that are like, hey man, we need to stick together and like fucking look out for each other. You know what I mean? They just go about it in the wrong kind of way most of the time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But it's like people are always looking for that. They're looking for that connection and that support and that just like unconditional love, I I think. Yeah, because that's humans are meant to be like that. We're like biologically designed to need other people. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like as much as I love being alone, because like I've talked about it before. Oh yeah. And I, I do like being alone. Like I like alone time. Sure. It's nice for me to think and it helps me kind of recharge. But like I love I love being around other people. Like there's nothing that quite there's so so many guys that I know that even that hate being out in crowds still have to get out every once in a while just to like refill that social battery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I know how important it is. And I do feel pretty good when I'm around other people. When I look at like my best friend, uh, outside of my wife, but this is also true for my wife. Like one of the things that I think you can do with a best friend, like one of your best closest friends is you can be sitting in the same room as them and you never have to talk. Mm. Like, I think that's a marking of like, like a best friend, like, because so for example, on the civilian side, Packy, I've known him since like we were kids and, uh, like we'll go up to the cabins and we'll be in the same room doing whatever for like four hours and just we don't talk to each other because it's fine you know what i mean i just feel that safety and comfort you don't feel like you have to keep a conversation going you know what i mean to like appear interesting or anything like that you can just shut the fuck up and just hang out and same thing with my wife and so it's really nice when you can do that just be around other people and you don't even have to talk like that's another level of happiness that i fucking love you know what i mean but yeah, so where was I? We did all that. So why do you think, well, no, it'd be dumb to even fucking ask that. It's going to be like, why do you think veterans have a hard time when they get out? It's because all that shit we just fucking said. Like, yeah. it's, you miss it. You miss it. Yeah. And then you'll go looking for it somewhere. Like, uh, I remember my first like office job when I got back yep. stateside. No, even before that, uh, my first warehouse job. So when I got back, I got a warehouse job and, um, I just, I wanted to have that same kind of connection with my coworkers and just wasn't there. There's a lot of judge judgment. Like as soon as you walk in the door, I feel like stateside you're getting judged almost, you know what I mean? And I guess there's a degree of that in the military too, but there, that's all underscored by the understanding that we all took the same oath and we're all just eating the same shit sandwich here. You yeah, know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But it's like, I think that I, I wasn't, uh, ready to deal with being in like an office because my first office job, dude, there was like all this pettiness yeah. and there was all of this backstabbing 
shit going on. And I was just like, what the fuck is this, man? And again, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in the military, yep. but that wasn't my experience. I had, a, I had a pretty good experience. So it's just like, I wasn't ready for that. And also the other thing that we didn't even mention yet was when you spend that much time with another person, they might not know a hundred percent of who you are as a person, but they're like, probably I'll say 95% plus. Oh yeah. (laughs) You can't lie about who you are. You can't act outside of whatever your norm is when you are with somebody 24 fucking seven. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's super fucking hard. So you are who you are and you're accepted by, by whoever, whoever in your squad platoon team, whatever, like you, you kind of have to be accepted if you're working together and if you're deployed together and like, that's super nice. But when you come home, you don't feel like you can be yourself. No. Like I always, I've said it before. I always think about, what percentage do I feel like I can be around this person mm. or in this setting? Because that tells me a lot about how much uh, value I place with that relationship. If I don't feel like I can be myself at all or something like that, like I hate those feelings. Yeah. Oh yeah. And again, when you're overseas, because you are forced to being who you are, I mean, if there's any issues, you're kind of forced to deal with them. Yeah. Short of getting what do you call it? NJP'd or oh, yeah, kicked yeah. out of the military. I mean, you kind of got to deal with shit. It's not like it is back here where people are just so quick to throw you under the bus for something. Oh. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, I was thinking about this when you were talking about like joining the military so early. I never really learned how to be in a normal work environment. Like I had like a high school, like worked at Subway. So I knew how to like be in that environment, but like an office setting. Right. I didn't know. Well, you know what I mean? So like yeah. I, I got most of my personality from the Marine Corps. Yeah. Which is not acceptable for office settings <laughs> that we just discussed. <laughs> it's like we say fuck a lot. You know what Kinda. I mean? Like, like if uh, Army, Marines, veterans in general, I mean, depending on like what you did and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, we're very, I don't like saying that. I don't like, I am very. Uh, like I swear a lot. You're colorful. I'm very colorful. colorful. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah. And (laughs) I have to tone that down a lot in any of the office settings. Like I can't say anything. I have to be careful with like sarcasm. Yeah. And you can't really be a dick that much. Like it's the, um, the way people can be a dick to you in the military is also amazing. Oh, it's in hilarious. its own way. Like I would, if I walked into the chow hall and I grab ice cream, you would just hear somebody yell, "Badass!" Like fucking <laughs> screaming across the chow. Hall. <laughs> like you would hear shit like that. Like, oh, why don't yeah. you get another one? Uh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? People would fuck with you oh, every yeah. day about oh, whatever. And but again, you could fuck with them back. It was again, it was just a very open environment. There yep. wasn't room to lie uh, or to hide behind some facade of a person that if that's not who you are, no, you know, you couldn't do that. Like you can here. There's no reason to either. Yeah. Cause like you said, where you're all, (laughs) you just all in the same shit boat together. Yeah. So why try to be like, Oh, I'm better than you. Yeah. And you're being less genuine, I think in the process, which is also part of why I think social media is so detrimental, Mm -hmm. uh, to like who we are and who we're becoming because it, you, you're not 
you're not what you're portraying yourself to be. Yeah. I'm not saying, <coughs> excuse me. I'm not saying that all people do that. I'm just saying like influencers and stuff. Oh yeah. You're portraying your entire lifestyle to be a certain way. And maybe it is that way. And if it is good for you, but if it's not, you know, that lack of authenticity, I feel like it's just going to rot you from oh, yeah. the inside out oh, yeah. because I fucking hate not being able to act like myself. And I think that the older you get, the less you give a fuck. Yeah. Because like you meet like 80 year olds, like they're going to fucking tell you whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> With like a confidence where I'm like, fuck yeah, good for like fucking say whatever you want. <laughs> yes. You agree? I do because I did something at my ripe old age of 30. Yeah. So we were, one of the last nights we were in Disney, we did a, uh, like a firework tour on one of the boats at Epcot. So we were like, right, we were in between England and France in the river on a boat watching the show. Well, on the way, (laughs) on the way where he picks up from our hotel, um, he was playing Disney music and Let It Go came on. Yeah. And dude, I, I let it go. You jammed out to it? Oh, so hard. And he, he clapped the, like... My family clapped like it was, dude. There was probably everyone around me. Some heard. of those songs, bro. Some of those songs aren't bad. That song comes on and you have to sing it. You cannot not sing "Let It Go" when it comes on, dude. My daughter's been watching Trolls all over again, the Trolls movies, and like, there's a couple of those songs. Like, oh, I had a song get stuck in my head, dude. And I was like, th- and I was like head bobbing to myself singing it, and I was like, holy shit, yeah, <laughs> I'm singing a fucking Trolls, but. Whatever, dude, it's a good fucking song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cool. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. That was a little side note, but I man, I blasted it out and I just the best part of that song is when she starts walking, she does the sexy shoulders. <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah. Snowflakes. Did you do that? <laughs> I did. I called it out too. <laughs> and did you go, Snowflakes? I didn't do snowflakes, but oh, I, okay. I was like, ready, ready guys, ready. And I sat up on my seat and I was like, ah, 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 sexy shoulder. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be a clip. That That's we fine. Use a lot too. Hokkaido. <laughs> so, not only are there all of the reasons why we just said uh, all the things that we just said about why camaraderie is so important, uh, but there is also some scientific evidence that kind of backs all of uh, well, some of what we set up. Um, <clears throat> not the sexy shoulders or anything, but like most of the other camaraderie stuff. Um, so this is according to an article on APA.org, which is the American Psychological Association. Uh, this article is really good. It talks about how American culture really focuses on romantic love and relationship issues are among the top reasons people seek therapy. Uh, while romance is important, the benefits of friendship should not be overlooked. Psychological research suggests that stable, healthy friendships are crucial for our well-being. People who have friends and close confidants are more satisfied with their lives and less likely to suffer from depression. They're also less likely to die from all causes. <laughs> That's what this fucking article said. <laughs> they're, they're less likely to die from all causes, including heart problems and a range of chronic diseases <laughs> cited by multiple sources. <laughs> so if you have friends, you won't die as much. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> there should be more commercials for like that instead of like Ozempic or yeah. whatever the fuck. <laughs> It's like, why don't you have more friends? <laughs> make some friends. That dude, that's why it's so hard to make friends. I know. They yeah. know. They see they know. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. shit. Okay. <laughs> the benefits of having friends, you won't die as much. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Most likely. So pharmaceutical so. companies are like, mm, we're not having that. How dare you? <laughs> Nobody has friends. Nobody. 
so, and again, this is on APA.org and they cite all of this stuff uh, in this article. So it's just, it's really impressive to me. Uh, so to get back to the article, it said, on the other hand, when people are low in social connection because of isolation, loneliness, or poor quality relationships, that's a fucking important one. They face an increased risk of premature death, which is also the fucking worst side effect you can get. Right? Yeah, that's a, that's probably pretty If you do one. this, you could prematurely <laughs> die. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> I don't want to do that then. No. So, and again, when I just said isolation, loneliness, COVID, fucking, yeah, poor quality relationships. Again, that lack that lack of authenticity, yeah, a poor quality relationship when you don't feel like you can be who you are around somebody else. And I, one thing I've started to ask myself a lot more when I look at my relationships that I have with other people are, how do I feel around this person? Hmm. Like, how does this person make me feel? You know what I mean? Because I realize that in some relationships there are some people that don't make me feel good about myself or something. I'm like, okay, well then I'm not going to spend as much time with that person. I try to be more cognizant of that. So again, it just, it makes me, it makes sense that poor quality relationships can be tied to actually having some significant biological uh, effects on, on you. Um, so the, a review of 38 studies found that adult friendships, especially high quality ones that provide social support and companionship significantly predict well-being and can protect against mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. And those benefits persist across the lifespan. So it's like, yeah, again, we just feel better yeah. when we're just helping each other out, <laughs> when yeah. we're just like taking care of each other. Like scientifically, your body, like it just starts to, it, it loves it. Yeah. It fucking needs it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it goes on. Friendships protect us in part by changing the way that we respond to stress. Blood pressure reactivity is lower when people talk to a supportive friend rather than a friend whom they may feel ambivalent about. Um, participants who have a friend by their side while completing a tough task have less heart rate reactivity than those that work alone. And this is a really cool one. In one study, people even judged a hill to be less steep when they were accompanied by a friend. Despite those risks, uh, Americans are getting lonelier. And in 2021, 12% of U.S. adults said they didn't have any close friends, up from 3% in 1990. Uh, that decline began well before the COVID-19 pandemic, when companionship and social engagement among friends, family, and others, uh, you know, decreased steadily. So, yeah, the fact that, you know, you look at a hill and it doesn't look as bad, it doesn't look as steep, like, that's fucking cool, man. That's yeah. really impressive. That's sweet. Like, that's the power of just having decent people in your life. Power of friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it makes me think of um, the power of love. Uh, haven't you seen uh, Back to the Future, the beginning? Oh, my God. With Huey Lewis in the news playing Power of Love? No. <sighs> Sorry. God, I feel old sometimes. You haven't seen that movie? I mean, I've seen it, but I, I couldn't. You don't remember it? No, I don't. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. But uh, it's nice that, um, like that it has that kind of benefit. And when I think about my time in like boot camp. Yeah. You know, I think we, I forget how long the last rock march we had to do in AIT for infantry is either 14 or 16 miles, but I can't remember. But it's like when you are walking that with all of your guys, gals, whatever, 
you just, you feel like, you feel like you got it. Yeah. You definitely feel like you got it more. And you're like, I can't let these, I can't let these other, other people down. You know what I mean? So I got to keep going and I can see how it makes tough things easier. Oh yeah. You know, um, so these connections with acquaintances, uh, like a work friend that you bump into once a week or a pet store employee that might remember the name of your cat can also be surprisingly sustaining. Uh, the research of this article found that people who have more weak tie interactions, which is what they call them, are happier than those who have fewer and that people tend to be happier on days when they have more than their average number of weak tie-in interactions. So it also like makes sense. It also makes sense. Like, yeah, if you go to, I'm trying to think, uh, the bar in town. So one of the bars in our town. So uh, it was a restaurant too. It's called Copeland's. And if I go in there and the owner, um, is a husband and wife, the owners are husband and wife. And when the husband's in there, I'll be like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, I'll just have like a little conversation with them, a little back and forth, checking in. And we're not best friends. We're not like hanging out outside or anything like that, but it's like getting to have those relationships. Yeah. I can definitely see how that's also beneficial. It's just nice. Yeah. Like the, like cheers, which is a show I'm sure you also never watched. I've heard of it though. (sighs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) You walked in and everybody knew your name. Like that's a great feeling. Yeah. You go in somewhere and somebody knows you and recognizes you, even if it's something small, it's just nice to have that person to person interaction. Like we need that. Yeah. So it's cool that weak tie relationships are just like, are also very important. That's why I get so giddy when you, you do like fat stuff or even like invite me to things. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> <people>. <laughs> well, that's why I like, and I love that it's at a place now where there's a lot of people that are involved and yeah. uh, everybody's got their own schedules. So you'll go to an event, you'll see somebody you haven't seen in a while and it feels good. You're like, fuck, I miss, how the fuck have you been? I missed you. You know what I mean? I haven't seen you in a while. Like, it's nice to have that type of relationship, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, where was I? Okay, so uh, back to the article. She also encourages talking to strangers and has shown that repeated practice can make doing so easier and more enjoyable. Uh, these minimal social interactions give us something important that we missed during the pandemic, according to uh, Dr. Sandstrom, who wrote this article. Um or I'm sorry, she was just, she was quoted in this article. We learn surprising things um, when we have unplanned encounters and conversations with people. Uh, a benefit that people tend to underestimate. So yeah, I can see that too. I can't always talk to strangers. I got to be in the mood for it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not always, sometimes I'm just, I don't want to talk to anybody, much less a stranger, because that is a little bit more high anxiety. Yeah. But if I'm in a great mood, yeah, fuck yeah. I can talk to strangers. <laughs> I wait for, I wait for people to initiate the conversation with me. And it was yeah. weird. Like I would sit at school in like the quad and just like wait yeah. and I could have easily gone and just talked to people, but I never did, you know? Yeah. But I also enjoy in, like interactions with strangers. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think that camaraderie fosters a sense of belonging and support among veterans? Like how? Yeah. Hmm. Because I think. So can you like, can you dumb the question down? Like, can you make it a Marine question? Cause I really do that went right over my head. Why, why come 
Why come people? Why come people like people? Why come people like being people with people? Why people be people, Brad? Bradley? <laughs> okay. Why people people? Why do people people? People people. Well, people people, Eric. You see, because <laughs> I think that it's been. It's like a primitive thing. I think in yeah. humanity, we were just kind of meant to look out for each other and take care of each other. Like we know that. I feel like we yeah. all know that. Yeah. And every time there is uh, any sort of terrible thing that happens. Oh, like yeah. Tornadoes and, and COVID and whatever, just any of that shit. Like you in 9-11, you yeah. see society, you see all, just all of the people realizing that it doesn't fucking matter. Who you voted for, what you prayed to, what you eat, who you marry, any of that shit. None of that shit matters. Nope. What matters is that we're just moving the ball forward. Yep. Like we're just, we're all making progress together and we got to like look out for each other. Cause like, yeah. again, I always talk about the day after 9 11. Oh, yeah. You walked outside for like the first fucking time. You, for me, I, again, it was terrible. Everything about it was terrible. But for the first time I walked outside and I was like, fuck, I kind of feel like, okay, we're all in this. Yeah. And that's a comfort because it's the only way you're going to feel comfort in a situation that's shitty like that is knowing like, at least I'm not fucking alone. Yep. You know what I mean? And there's the difference between the civilian side and the, and the veteran side of camaraderie. Mm. Civilians only come together when there's tragedy, when it's few and far apart. Whereas in the military, it doesn't matter if you're garrison, it doesn't matter if you're deployed, you're going to put, be put under some stress and pressure to mm -hmm. have to, just like build that camaraderie. So I think that's where that's the biggest difference where it lies to answer your question. Why people, people in the military, why be people, why be, <laughs> why be people, people? I think, but I, I, I think that's why we're under so much stress and bullshit on a daily basis that it just, it's easier to just stick together. Like, Hey, if we get this done together, we get to go home earlier or like we get to do this or, you know what I'm saying? That. And also like, it's interesting when businesses want to, work on their culture yeah and they will take these their employees out for team building exercises yeah, mandatory fun days and what's team building it's usually doing something that fucking sucks or oh, yeah. that could result in something poor like it's just it's some sort of struggle and you guys are all going to go through it and then it's going to make you a little bit better because you get to learn a lot about somebody else when they're dealing with pressure and stress and yep. chaos and i think that you get to learn more about who they are as a person. Yep. And when you get to see me react under chaos, under pressure, under whatever, I'm going to feel more comfortable around you because you saw me in that light and you're yep. not, you're not giving me shit about it. You're not judging me. We're, we still are looking out for each other. So I got to show you more of who I am. I got to show you a higher percentage of who I am as a person. But, and, and that creates the camaraderie, whether yeah. it's in a team building exercise stateside or like overseas or whatever, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But I feel like people are too vulnerable to show other people that side of their weakness. So they could never get to that point to build a camaraderie on the civilian side. I feel like it's a lot harder to get there on the civilian side. Well, look at like your civilian friends, not any friends. Well, I mean, I don't know, I guess. The, the friends that we've made through fat are like veterans. Yeah. But we met them on the civilian side. We didn't meet them when we were in. That's true. But I mean, but, we, we have that. Oh yeah. 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 That common background. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, 
most of the time in, in the civilian world, you don't get enough time with other people. Yeah. To be, even build the camaraderie. Like, again, okay, come back to my best friend. We grew up together. We see, I mean, he's he's a physical therapist. He's a busy dude. And he also has a lot of other stuff going on. He's married. Like, we see each other every couple weeks. So may, maybe, you know, maybe it's maybe it's more time. You know what I mean? But with him, when I see him, it's like I saw him yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. But we don't get to hang out a lot. And it, and again, in the civilian world, it's harder and harder. You have one job, two jobs, you have kids, you have a family. You obviously, you're, you have to be there for your spouse, for your, for your family. So, I mean, it's hard. Uh, and you, I think you miss having so many people around just because also whenever there was anything that needed to get done, you were never alone or somebody else could do it. They always have to fall on you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you look yep. out for each other. And again, it's just, it's like a safety net. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. Uh, well, I feel like we've all been working to, to build our own safety net now through fat. You oh know yeah. What I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever experienced the benefit of camaraderie <laughs> in your life? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> nope never not Fuck even you guys <laughs> not even once <laughs> no yeah dude just the like going back to when we barely knew each other well we knew each other but like connor and christian and everyone we did that um uh mental health training mm. and everyone was just ripping on me great example i mean that was fucking fantastic <laughs> like it was great <laughs> can i tell you that another reason why i think that group that took, so we had a group of veterans that took a mental health first aid class. And ever since they took that class, like they have a separate group chat, they go and do things together with their families and everything too. And it's, and it's amazing. But I think part of that is also because, and I, I didn't even sit in the whole class, but like during the mental health class, you guys shared some trauma and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you hash that stuff out in front of all these veterans that you already had a trust and love for. So, I mean, that even that solidified those bonds even more. Again, the more you find out about somebody, the more you get to learn who they really are, the higher percentage of who they are you get to know. Yeah. And that makes them feel that much more comfortable around you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, because I know, so like on the civilian side, like I talked about, you know, how much everything meant on the veteran side and then. I'm probably, I have some more to say about that too, but like when I had the worst night, the worst moment of my life to this point was, and I've talked about it before, was when I was at the hospital with my mother and for the first time in her battle with cancer, she cried and then she looked at me and she said, I don't want to die. Like that moment lives in my head. And it plays all the time. And it's like, the, it's the fucking worst moment of my life. And like, as it was happening, there was like big red neon sign in my head that was like, this is the worst moment of your life. You're going to think about this for fucking ever. Like everything about it. And as soon as I left the hospital, I texted my three best friends. I happen to all be civilians. We, we all grew up together. And I texted them in a group text. And this was like on a fucking Tuesday or a Wednesday. And it was like 10 o'clock and I'm leaving uh, Naperville. So I'm like an hour unchange away. And I just said, guys, I'm really not doing good right now. Could you guys please come over? And can we please just have a beer or something tonight? I, I think that would really help me out. And all three of them, within fucking like 10 minutes, were like, yep. There was no, I was like, yep, we'll be there. Like, not even like, well, I don't know. It was just like, no, we'll fucking be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that's because I don't say that. 
I never reach out for help. I don't reach out for help very often. And so they knew the significance because they know me because that's why they're my fucking best friends. Yeah. And then they all came over and I sat and like, that was the probably one of the only times I think when I like, as my mom was in hospice care and shit where like I cried around other people, like they were up, we were sitting around my back patio, just having a beer. Uh, they all showed up with like a case, like nobody had to ask the other one who was going to bring a case. Everybody just grabbed a case and shows up at my house. And then we sat around the back patio and I just talked about it and I cried. I got super emotional and they were just like listening. And it was like, so fucking like that helped me so much. Yeah. I couldn't imagine if I had to take that and then just put it in my head and like, you know, put it in the back of the warehouse in my brain and just never deal with it at all. I couldn't fucking imagine. And so I'm so thankful that I had that group that I could say shit to, you know what I mean? And like in our, in our support groups that we do now, like, dude, um, I go to at least two a week and I just came from one earlier today and it feels so good while when you have significant issues, if you have significant issues with mental health, substance use, whatever, both, and you go to a group and you can talk it out with a group. It might, I'm not saying it's going to make you feel better all of a sudden or whatever, but there, there's something about being able to share your burdens with other people who just aren't going to fucking judge you and are just going to love you unconditionally or just accept you, not even love you, but just accept you. Like that's, again, it's going to give you that peace. It's going to give you a little bit of peace, just a little bit of comfort. And maybe in your situation, that little bit of comfort's fucking it's all you need. Yeah. It's everything. Oh, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, it helped me out a lot through that, through a lot of the toughest moments of my life, uh, outside of that, you know, having, having a crew that I could fucking count on for shit, you know, always, always helps. So you're very, you're very lucky though. Not a lot of people have childhood friends. Still. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I know. Like that's cause I can't think of a, I got some buddies I still talk to, but we don't. They were, oh yeah, we've been friends since like fifth grade. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's very cool. Well, we just maintain, we work on maintaining our relationships and both of us are the type of like, well, when I look at like, again, Packy and I, for example, we don't need to talk to each other every day. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And and also like on the veteran side, the dude, (laughs) The guy that I roomed with in Afghanistan, my battle. Say <laughs> it. Your I, battle, what, Eric? It's my battle. My Your battle, battle what? <clears throat> <clears throat> my battle. He was my battle. Your battle, buddy. Fuck you. So, him and I went through nine months together, first deployment. You know what I mean? For both of us, combat, bullshit, all of it. Um, personal issues and, and everything, and like him and I were together twenty four fucking seven. Granted, he was in a different truck, so like depending on the missions, we weren't we weren't always with each other. But like, dude, he's another just like Packy. Like him and I, we text back and forth. Our conversation is very slow and takes like weeks, months, as far as like how often we respond to each other. But we still make an effort. And dude, that was. Deployed, I came back in 2009. 
that's what, 15 years ago, almost. You know what I mean? And we still keep that relationship. And it, it takes work. It definitely takes work. But man, those re- relationships are very important. Oh, yeah. Very important, I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, are there any other times where you think camaraderie's helped you through a hard time? Um, no, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a civilian side, but no, I can't really think of, I mean, obviously like when people passed and stuff. Yeah. Um, but do you maintain connection with any of the guys that you served with? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. I I try to, um, I've been out to California actually to visit one of my buddies. Um, I've had one of my friends from Tennessee come up to our house. Um, and hopefully sometime in the near future, Amanda and I get to go back to Japan and I'll see one of my gunnies who lives there now. The other thing about those relationships and how they're different from like any other one, in my opinion, and maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. If a dude that you deployed with hits you up and you haven't talked to him in like years and they're like, Hey dude, I'm coming through town on this date. You're like, bro, you're staying at my fucking house. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? oh yeah. You're not getting a hotel. No. You are staying at my house if you're coming through my town. Yeah. And like, I've had miscellaneous guys because six deployments, guys are all over the country. Yeah. You know, somebody would hit me up. It's like, hey man, I'm passing through your fucking area. I'm going to go into Chicago. I'm going to be there this day. Like, bro, stop by. Like, you know, and come by, hang out, come meet my family. Like I, you take them in immediately as family. Like I, if, if you and I deployed together and you were from out of state and I had a family barbecue on Saturday and you're like, yo dude, I'm passing through on Saturday. I'd be like, perfect. I got a family barbecue. Come on. Like stop by. I'll introduce you to everybody. Yeah. Like they are your family. And like, it's almost like because you go through so much. And then when you come home, you have that time apart. When you do see them, you're like, fuck. Yeah. I love that person. I miss that person. Yeah. And it just solidifies that bond of that family, that familiar familial feeling i think yeah you know what i mean yep and it's not it's like you never miss a beat either yeah you can go years without seeing them or talking to them and then they you just pick up like you just saw them last night yeah yeah how do you how do you maintain connections with those with the like the guys that you uh served with i use i mean that's the best that's the only reason why i use social media uh yeah facebook yeah i have some numbers but mostly just like facebook or that's why that's the one reason excuse me that's the one reason why I really like Facebook. Ain't dank ass memes. <laughs> that and dank ass memes. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I think it means really, really nice. Oh, funny, clever, witty. Okay. Cool. Uh, memes. I'm sorry for saying that. <laughs> how fucking dare you? I know. How dare I? <laughs> but like with social media, it's like I get to watch these guys that I serve with yeah. have a family. I get to watch their kids grow up. Like that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's cool. Cause it's the only way I get to stay in touch with some of those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so what are some of the issues that you think veterans face in transitioning from military to, to civilian life and like maintaining those social connections? Uh, like the biggest one is just feeling alone. Like you feel because everybody's so far away. Yeah. You're like, there's no, nobody around here gets it. Yeah. You just got to look a little bit harder. Cause like you were talking about building that camaraderie with with like the guys you deploy with and then you like see them again dude that's how i feel when i see like you guys and uh the walters and yeah christian and melanie and like just everybody i just get excited i get so excited to just like see everybody yeah so it's like the same exact thing 
Well, uh, I think when you have an authentic relationship, you do. That's why you get excited because you're like, fuck yeah, I get to be around somebody else and yeah. also be myself at the same time. Well, that's what I'm saying. I guess I get to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I talking shit to tonight? <laughs> but it's, again, you don't have the pressure. Yeah. Of not being able to be yourself, of watching what you say. And it's not that you're intentionally trying to say anything wrong, but when you live in a society that tends to get, you know, a little emotional or offended by things that, you know, kind of seem like strange to get offended about. Yeah. You never know what, how things are going to get taken when you say something. Yeah. So it's like, you have to think really hard about how you say what you say and you know, that takes away from the conversation sometimes, you know, especially when you're talking about being authentic, just kind of saying whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think uh, going back another issue that I think a lot of people have, at least for Marines, I'm not sure. Reading. I, it, <laughs> no, that's because I'm blind, <laughs> Eric. Ah, right. Yeah, you want up me on that one. All right, that's fine. No, I, I really think a lot of the like gung-ho hard chargers come out and they think that like people are going to like worship the ground they walk on. You know what I mean? Have you ever met any of those guys? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I'll say like, I think I had a little bit of an ego when I got back from my first deployment. Sure. Because I was like, fucking, oh yeah, look at what I went through, blah, blah, blah. And again, the combat that I saw, as I've discussed before, in my opinion, very minimal compared to what a lot of other guys had been subjected to over there. Yeah. But like, I had a little bit of that ego initially. Yeah. I've met guys that had way more of that ego. I got humbled super quick because I talked to a fucking World War II veteran. I oh, told yeah. you about that. Oh, yeah. Was on some submarine that got hit and he went into the ocean and like 800 went in and 400 came out and there's fucking sharks and stuff. When he told me that story, I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm talking like the, the dudes that are like not just got home from deployment. I'm talking like got out like 12 years ago. Oh, and still live in that. Like, well, that's the same type of mentality. Like, I was captain of the high school football yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck, man. That was the best moment of your life, huh? Yeah, like, let it go and like, just, like, yeah. You're holding yourself back. Yeah. By living in that moment. Like, you need to live in this moment, not whoever you were back then. And that's easier said than done. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I fall victim to that sometimes, too. I think it also is goes into your, like, surrounding, too, though. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like the small town feel. Like if you are yep. known as one thing, like that is you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's hard to like break out of that, I guess. Yeah. I love the small town feel. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah. I like it. I I don't like, I feel like in a bigger city, it's just too much. Just too much for me. Mm. I, I just, I, I would have a hard time, a harder time. I think, you know what I mean? I don't know. As I get older, I think. You want to be around less people? <laughs> no, no, not you value quality. Yeah, you value I, quality more. Yeah, I used to want to live in like the city, like Chicago, and yeah. and do all that. But then I was like, you know what, Kinley Park's not so bad. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah, this You're small like, town is all right. You thinking about going farther south, aren't you? No, God, no, no, no. You want to go farther north? You like the cold? I love the cold. Oh, you mean like? Oh, I thought you meant Illinois. Yeah, I would like to get out of the Midwest is the goal. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to be in the Midwest for life, bro. Yeah. Oop. Um, Oop. Oop. <laughs> so Oop. Yeah. what do you think are some things that a veteran can do 
to stay connected with their peers and, and build new friendships and stuff like that, in your opinion? Like if you had a dude who was getting out, was like, hey, I don't know yeah. what to do. What should I do? What I would tell him to find support groups. Yeah. Find veteran, like for real. I'm not just like, you know, brown nose and fat because you're the boss or anything, but like, like for real, if, if it wasn't for you and fat, man, I don't know where I would be so, like socially wise. Yeah. And I, I genuinely mean that. So I would tell them to find, find support because it's there. It's out there. Yeah. There's like a billion groups. Yeah. And you don't even have to look that hard. Nope. You don't have, like I asked one person who knew you and that was, that was it. Yep. And, that was our producer. Yeah. That was our producer, Jake. Yep. Yeah. That's, I was, I forget that sometimes. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, I think that the hardest part is to understand that you have to be a little vulnerable and yeah. you have to get a little uncomfortable. You have to come out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You are going to have to do that. Like, I feel like that's sort of an, in an inevitability. I think that just happens naturally though. Yeah. 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 If you try to like shield yourself from the world and live in a bubble, eventually that bubble will pop. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know I, I, and I, I think every time I've been to any type of support group that we've done, people who've just been like their first time going, they'll open up. That's always like really cool. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, you can just feel it. Yeah. Like you sit down and you're like, fuck, I just feel super comfortable and supported right now. Yeah. I'm just going to get this shit off my chest. Yeah. I love that. Um, so there's a lot of support networks, um, both in the veteran community and in the civilian one. When I think about some of the resources that are around here, um, one awesome one is merging vets with players. Um, that's a national organization. Our local guy, I say local, he's probably like an hour away. I think is uh, Oscar Cush. He's an amazing dude. He's a Marine. Uh, they get veterans together to work out like once a week and they do a lot, a lot more, but that's one of the main things that I see them doing like close to this area. Operation Charlie Bravo. They're in Crown Point, Indiana. They get veterans together to build motorcycles. They have a lot of other programs too, but that was like their flagship. Um, and so that's awesome. There's adopt a soldier up North. Um, they do a lot with the Prince home for the homeless veterans out there. And they also do a lot. Uh, care package projects and uh, a lot of other things with, with veterans, uh, buddy check two, two, they're amazing to do anything for. They have mental health resources for veterans, uh, free. And then you got fat. Uh, and then that's the whole thing with us is just trying to recreate that camaraderie. And it's like, it's contagious and addicting. Yeah. Like oh, when oh, you yeah. get that feeling, cause then people just want to be around that feeling. They want to be around that group of people because they're, they see how much that group is enjoying each other. Yeah. And, and they're just genuinely enjoying each other. And so naturally you're going to be curious. You're like, fuck, if all those people are just like really enjoying this, like I want to at least check it the fuck out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Like, dude, I honestly, I can't think of one, one event that I've been to that hosted by fat or something fat related that I haven't just had a great time. Yeah. That means a so, lot, man. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. So if you are a veteran, that's, um, that's local to the Kankakee County area. Uh, you know, like I'd mentioned before, we have three peer support groups now, uh, every week, which is awesome. We have a uh, general sessions on Monday at 7 PM at guardian concepts in Kankakee. And then Friday at noon at uplifted cares grief center. And then on Wednesdays we have mad Jack's 12 step, which is a non-denominational self-improvement 
and self-discovery meeting for veterans that might be looking to live a, a life of sobriety or just trying to figure out why they make the decisions that they make and they want to discuss those ideas with other veterans and that's also at guardian concepts wednesdays at 6 p.m uh, so I definitely recommend come check it out. Um, we're looking at starting some more peer support groups too, like possibly one for spouses or caregivers of veterans. And, um, I just, I find a lot of benefit to, uh, to peer support groups. So definitely come check that out. Um, are there any other opportunities that you can think of or organizations that kind of promote camaraderie and connection like in our area that you kind of gravitate to? Um, not that I can. I'll also say I'm, I'm a board member for the Mantino chamber of commerce. Oh, okay. And there, I definitely feel a lot of connection with that yep. within the business community. That's what chambers of commerce are like supposed to do is bring together the business community. And that's also really cool. Um, because again, especially with the small town feel, I just feel like I'm more a part of my community sure. and I know more of the people that are creating and doing all of these cool things in the community. And that's really nice. So I love that additional connection, like serving on a board of any volunteer organization can be a lot of fun. It's a lot of work too, but it, 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 it connects you to other people and it makes you feel like you have some purpose because you're helping steer wherever this organization's going. Hmm. So I definitely think if you can find anything like that, that's a cool thing to do too. I think going to the gym. Oh yeah. I think that's a good one for around. Definitely. Time. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. When I used to do the strongman stuff, like all the guys that we all used to compete together, there was a ton of camaraderie there. Like the more, now that I think about it, like, dude, that was the closest I've felt with civilians that that was the closest thing that felt like me being overseas mm. was when I was doing strong man. Cause everybody was going through the same struggle and everybody was just there for each other, cheering each other on. You're training with each other, eating together sometimes, you know what I mean? Like going to contests and shit. Like I definitely felt that vibe there. So that's a really good point. Yeah. The gym, yeah. the gym definitely creates that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think some other service organizations, you know, sleep in heavenly peace is an awesome one. Yes. If you can bring people to go build beds, uh, or deliver beds, they, they, uh, build and deliver beds to, to children all around the country. We get to work with Tim Zydek and our local Kankakee chapter, which is awesome. And we do that quite a bit. Uh, we have a team of veterans that delivers beds, veterans and their families, uh, members that deliver beds like every Thursday. And that's a really cool thing that they get to do again, to also feel more like that they're more a part of their community and also having that camaraderie doing this thing with other people. Like that's a beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, I just think, I think that part of continuing those feelings of camaraderie and like fellowship uh, is reaching out, just reaching out to other veterans, checking in on guys, you know, checking on, checking in on those that you served with that you just, you had a good relationship with and maybe you haven't talked to in a while. That's fine. Okay. Hit them up. Yo, second about you, man. How you doing? Hey, how's everything going? I just want to make sure everything was going good. Like sometimes that stuff means a lot. And, and I think we have to continue doing that. Yep. To kind of continue building the camaraderie. Like I check in with guys all the time. Absolutely. I always do that. Um, do you find it that you're the one doing the checking up? Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. A lot of the time, especially initially, but I think a lot of that is because sometimes people just like don't know or people might be afraid or anxious. Yeah. And so like I'll start the fucking conversation. And yeah. then usually when I check in with people, especially via text, I'll always tell uh, any veteran 
Um, especially like some of the ones that I work with, I'm just like, Hey, you know, if you don't want me to text you, it's fine. Just let me know. And I haven't had anybody tell me to stop texting them. Yeah. Like they appreciate the check-in, especially because I tell them if you don't respond to this, it's fine. But I just want you to know I'm here. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. You know, there's no pressure. You know what I mean? You don't have to fucking respond if you don't want to, you know, but I'm going to let you know that I fucking care. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And that's an easy thing to do. And it costs zero thick dollars and maybe two seconds of your time to just shoot a text to somebody or a call and just be like, Hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you're doing okay. Fucking that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, anything else, anything else that you can think of about camaraderie? No. <laughs> do we do it? Do what? We did it. Oh, <laughs> like, do we have a cool ending that I missed? What do we? No, it's over now. Dun, 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 dun. No, it's yeah. not over yet. No. So, uh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Just to conclude and wrap this episode up, one of the biggest things that veterans miss when they get out of service is that feeling of camaraderie. And it's for very good reason. Camaraderie is a feeling of trust and friendship among a group of people who have usually known each other for a long time or have gone through some kind of experience together and is incredibly important when we are talking about supporting veterans and their mental health and resilience. Friendships are proven to boost our mental health, both with deep, close friendships and with acquaintances and even strangers. So don't limit yourself to those conversations. And uh, they aren't going to be as awkward as you think. Veterans miss the camaraderie that they had when they came home because the civilian world is not always as accepting as the military world may be. And you need to be the person that you needed to others. You need to be your friend's safe space. I think when it comes to creating camaraderie and creating that feeling of acceptance, you have to accept. Like you have to be somebody else's safe place, letting them know that it's okay. You know, and again, while sometimes that can be tough mentally, um, it's not as hard as you think. No. And it doesn't require as much energy as you think. It requires more energy to judge people. Sure. <laughs> than it does to just fucking accept everybody, pretty much. It's so much easier just to yeah. Yeah. Just it's so much easier. So if you are listening to this episode, please feel free to share your own experiences. Seek out resources for support if you need. Uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you uh, to Trio for partnering with us for this episode. And I please, if, if you're listening to this episode, um, subscribe, like the podcast, leave reviews, uh, share the episode with others. And if you have any questions, please visit our website at www.projectheadspaceandtiming.org where you can contact us or check us out on our Facebook page, Project Headspace and Timing, or the I'm Fine, uh, the I'm Fine podcast page. So uh, until next time, Bradley, I do what do you got? I just want to add to that. Yes. This, we know what we're talking about because we are the 172nd best mental, <gasps> mental health podcast in Cambodia. How the fuck did I forget I don't to know. bring that up I don't know. at all? I don't know. Scrap the episode, Jake. We're starting over. We are the 172nd best mental health podcast in Cambodia. No big deal. Nope. That's going to go on a t-shirt. I got an email about it. I didn't look into it much farther, and I don't need to because that's good enough for me. That's all you need. I got an email, and it seems legit, and it said you are the, according to Apple, you are the 172nd best mental health podcast in camp. Like the fact that you track it, like telling somebody, I feel like it's almost like a go fuck yourself. Like anything past 20. 
It's like, like why, why are you telling me this, bro? <laughs> cool. I'm the I'm the 172nd. We are the 172nd best mental health podcast in Cambodia. Yeah. And then the whole time we were talking about it because I immediately screenshot that shit. You were in Disney. I didn't want to bother you. It's and okay. I was like, bro, I'm telling you about yeah. this. I send it to you and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. And then I realized when I Googled it, the Cambodians look like me. And then I was like, because oh. <laughs> I was trying to think of, I was like, why? Like, how did this even happen? And then it, you and I were talking about it. And then you were like, well, I mean, they're Cambodians look like Asians. And I was like, what? <laughs> you're like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, they don't. Yeah. And I Googled it. I'm like, fuck, that looks like my cousin. Like they yeah. look fucking. Well, so maybe that's why I got to learn. Some it's Cambodian. definitely not me. <laughs> I don't know. It might be me. Maybe you think I'm a, maybe I'm a superstar in Cambodia. See, this is, this is our live now. This is, this is our lives. <laughs> These are our lives now. I did it. There we, we, need, we need to take a trip to Cambodia. These are our lives. It's kind of hard being the 172nd best mental health podcast in Cambodia. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like a fucking dick about it, but pretty much means we're the fucking best. Yeah. Damn. Better than it. every, every other one, every other podcast. Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Who? I mean, <laughs> do Cambodians even listen to Rogan? You know what I mean? Does any, it's probably number one there. Too. He's the 173rd. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be, I would fucking frame that. Dude, I would. Yeah. That would so definitely go on a t-shirt. <laughs> it feels good. And we are putting that on a t-shirt. So stay tuned. We are going to be coming up with some t-shirts with one t-shirt for the podcast. And it will say on it somewhere that we are the 172nd best mental health podcast in Cambodia. I'm excited for it. Oh yeah. Bradley. It's been fun, buddy. It has been fun. Until next time, we hope that we helped you go from being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional to truly being fine. So thank you again for tuning in.